0: bell, spotty bells swinging through midtown oh what fun to sling a web and take the bad guys down spotty bells spotty bells quipping all the time oh what fun to swing around new york while fighting crime what is up Internet. Actually, my friends call me Liv. My enemies call me Doc Ock. My name is Matthew Kroll.
1: And we don't pick the ballroom. We just dance. My name is Shahir Dowd. <laughs>
0: and this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film I could not wait to do, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. A lot of energy in the room right now. A lot, a lot of, of energy. Lot of, I, I had two sips of coffee. A lot of, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of love I'm feeling. I finally got to see Miles Morales thrown into the mainstream for the first time. Wow. This This is uh. I feel like I should just sit back and chill, and you can you can just run this. (laughs) Get ready! I've opened a dimensional portal for five different versions of me. Oh
1: my god! I couldn't think of anything worse than how
0: exhausting. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I just
1: bouncing from wall to wall. Oh my
0: god! The spider ham version of me would be insufferable. Um. Why was his hands wet?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's just, it's, it, that actually kept me up at night when he came up because my hands are wet. I was like, "Why are they wet?" I was—I just didn't you, know. Don't know. <laughs> you don't know. You um,
0: don't know. Yeah, this is uh, this has been a long time coming for me. Um, though I will say, when <laughs> this film was announced and mm. that Sony would be helming it, of course, I mm. was uh, trepidatious even uh, with the
1: the pedigree of Phil Lord and Chris Miller?
0: Well, yes. Um because so the first trailer for this dropped. Yeah. And I was not thrilled. Yeah. Um I know you don't watch trailers. Um but the but it just was super benign feeling and I don't know if it wasn't quite done or they just wanted to tease. I don't know what they wanted to quite tease in that first trailer. The second trailer though just switched me right around. Um it was it was sort of like um I don't know, a transformative 180 magic trick <laughs> uh that got me right back on board. Uh so I I didn't quite know. Um you know, I I've had I've had flip-flopping sort of uh <laughs> previewing opinions and uh god, I mean the there's so much to talk about with mm-hmm. this movie, and I could sort of go go on and on and on, which I will. But yeah, you hear, I'm just gonna let you run. With no, 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 no. I,
1: I will say one thing: as I, I watched the trailer for the first time after I saw the movie, okay, uh, and I'm very glad that I, I didn't watch the trailer before the movie because I felt it, the, the problem with the trailer. The trailer was great, mm-hmm. as in it's cut really well yeah. and it kind of it gives you a, a good flavor for the movie. It also just gives you too much information, um, and which is what I. It's just I like what I. And I don't begrudge the trailer, you know, trailer companies for doing that and the studios for doing that. I just love my experience which is going in and like experiencing all that stuff
0: for the first time in the context of the movie. Yeah. That's what I want. Like you didn't know Penny Parker or or didn't know uh, anything about or uh, <laughs> Spider-Man Noir was going to be there. I I saw like images, images,
1: so I but I didn't know Nicolas Cage was doing the voice. Right, right, right. You right. know, I'd seen images of Spider-Ham. Um, so I but I I would have just loved like my only thing there is is to imagine Having the experience of seeing Spider Ham and not knowing at all that that was going to be in sure. the movie,
0: you know what I, I mean? I, I will counter that with, and I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying something that I tend to enjoy when it's not like plot driven, when it's mm-hmm. not like, oh, I need mm-hmm. to know this for the pure conceit of why this film exists to a sense. Uh, I like sort of like the, the anticipation of like when is Spider Ham come like that? Right. Like I, yeah. I like from from a structure standpoint, mm-hmm. I like trying to figure out where that's going to come. Right. Um, it, especially in films like this. Granted, if it was a mystery of some sort that I really wanted to figure out, that would poison me much more when they give stuff away in the trailer. right? Um, like, for instance, again, I always go back to this, but it's my classic trailers are bad moment of Terminator 2. right? Um, yeah, that, of course, meaning that uh, it wasn't supposed to be revealed. Like, with the first third of the movie, you don't know if Arnold is good or bad, but the Spoilers marketing... did. I know. <laughs> but the marketing campaign instantly, like, said, nope, he's good! And you're like, well, The only thing I would say about that is
1: that... That's not the biggest reveal of that movie, and that's not the biggest thing in that movie.
0: But could you imagine going in blind? Oh, yeah, 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 I mean, I, I totally agree. Point. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, and that's what I'm I love. I'm agreeing with you. Don't <laughs> argue with me agreeing with you. I'm just saying that that, you know, like, that's not the hugest reveal in that movie. Like, there's one trailer I saw for a movie. Oh, I'm going blank on it. Uh, it's by the guy who did Another Earth, and I forgot what his follow-up okay. movie was called. But literally, the trailer gives away... The ending of the movie, right, which and, is bad, and and that I was like, uh, because and that was what was frustrating about that, and that might have been one of those ones that actually put me onto this no trailer business. Yeah, was that um, the trailer got me excited to see the movie? I was like, oh, you know, because I didn't. It's not a big movie, and it was like, there's nothing much to to, to sort of uh, latch onto for marketing. I had to like seek out that movie. Sure, sure, sure. The sure. trailer gives you the the final moments of the movie as the. Re- As the reveal, and what it does, the problem is the trailer treats the the that moment as though it's the beginning of the Mm. of a story, but it's actually the last moment of the film.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's annoying. And I was like, I think I just found your hashtag, though. What's that? Hashtag no trailer business. No trailer business.
1: No trailer reveals, no trailer no, wars, no trailer. I
0: is like, no no tra- like no trailer business No trailer like
1: no trailer trash.
0: No trailer trash. No trailer trash. It's like business. It sounds so professional.
1: Uh speaking of business, we have uh, a couple of tweets uh That's a great
0: transition. Oh, that see, was that was it would have been great if you no, had not called no, no, it out. No. no, see,
1: this is the trailer this is the trailer argument yet again. I'm saying wouldn't it have been amazing if we just transitioned nope, and nope. nobody questioned it I were like, need to call pe- it like and people would have just been like, "Man, he's really good at transitions. He's really smooth. No, he's, you, got, you, he's got he's got what he's going." People still
0: think you are. Oh. I just called it out. Yeah, nah, so I'm it. not good at it this time, but I'll take that hit because I wanted to give you a compliment. You are being very harsh to me, giving you positive things today, Shahir.
1: I mean, I know this is your episode, so you know, you know. <laughs> I'm just, li- I'm, 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 I'm interjecting when I can, and I'm stepping back when I can. But uh, in terms of interjecting, I just wanted to say because last week was kind of my episode. Uh, we did Roma, Alfonso yes. Cuarón's film. Yes, and we had a lovely tweet from Laura. Uh, who tweeted us at Only Movie Pod, and uh, this was a three-part tweet, but I'm going to read it out because I think it's lovely. Okay, uh, she said, uh, and I'm guessing Laura works at a movie theater. I didn't uh, didn't know that, but uh, yeah, I think this experience at the uh, I think the this experience at work perfectly summarizes the effect Roma has on audiences. We get a complaint that the screen is frozen, so I go in there to check on it, and the film is fine. It's the martial arts scene, no one else in the cinemas look bothered, and this gentleman has sat back down, so the person who's made the complaint. I generally think it was a, a long, unmoving take in the film, and uh, it made this guy impatient. It's really strange, because I, I would have never thought that scene was frozen. I guess it was maybe because he was being so still. Anyway. Maybe. Uh, uh, no spoilers for Roma. Uh, regardless, I check the theater regularly after that, just in case what a conscientious, uh, conscientious uh, theater worker she is. Uh, no problems. When I check towards the end, it's the middle of the beach scene. That's all I'll say. Yep. And this guy is on the edge of his seat, chin resting on both hands, completely unaware of myself. I love a slow burn movie that you can take, uh, that can take you from I'm not engaged in this to nothing else exists without you even noticing the change. Uh, thank you, Laura, for that email, uh, for that tweet, uh, tweet series, basically saying that uh, you know that's that's what's so great about Roma is that it sneaks up on you. Um and then that's what I loved about it. So thank you again for that tweet. Uh and you can t- always tweet us at OnlyMoviePod or hit us up uh, via email uh, at only at gmail.com. I was really struggling to remember what our email is because I usually do it the
0: other way around. Ah, but you did and it you did it great. See? You did it great. <laughs> but no, no I, I you call, called, I called it out called that my, time. I called myself out. You called, that called out. it out yeah. time. Thank you, Laura, for for chatting with us. So let's let's get into a film with into into the title.
1: Yeah, I, and like I said I'm gonna I'm gonna hang back.
0: No, no, I don't want you to hang back. This is because this there's something that's great about this movie. I think uh, that I also didn't expect even when I saw the trailer and I was like, "Oh, this movie looks like fire!" Like Mm -hmm. I thought I would enjoy it. I thought fans of the comic books and Spider-Man mythos in general would enjoy it. Uh, But I think to be honest, uh, I was shocked when the initial reviews came in because I saw it maybe like a week late and I I I tried to steer clear for the most part. Mm -hmm. But everything I saw was like. Great film, da 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 like all, like all sorts of just super positivity coming away. So much so, I think that Sony just let the embargo go. Right. Um, which is obviously a great vote of confidence.
1: It appeared on a lot of top ten lists.
0: Yeah. Um, I think this is a film that, despite being a comic book movie, and despite being animated, uh, and despite being an animated comic book movie, kind of transcends all of the stuff, all of the negative bag- baggage that comes with it, but... Uh, in In certain ways that I feel like, um, you know, the Lego movie kind of started, yeah, uh, and now uh, has sort of come to a culmination in this film because at the look, Getting getting the cynical stuff out of the way, um, you know, it is Sony. Yeah. It is trying to make a major character sort of in their wheelhouse sort of popular enough to spin off their own things. It's basically making the Avengers, but with five uh, different spider <laughs> people. Um, it is trying to sell, you know, merch and lines of action figures and starting to spin off its own things. And of course it is. But I think if you, if you also, while you're doing that, do what Marvel does in a lot of cases, and it seems like Sony has done for the first time here, uh, if you just make a great movie along with shilling out for those things, and with, a, with a, I feel like, a very positive message, mm. uh, I, at least it seems other critics as well, and I'm interested in your take, uh, will forgive the, or or not for, maybe not forgive, but just sort of like, Realize that the weight of of uh, what's important might not be all of those things that the company really wants, anyway. But it's more about what the film is trying to say. Um, the the uh, you know just sort of rolling through first thoughts. I loved uh, obviously every little bit of Easter eggs and all that stuff. I'm sure it'll come up naturally as we talk about it. But specifically, uh, the, the the greatest. It's not even an Easter egg. Just sort of the greatest thing I think this movie did. Outside of narrative is style. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never seen a film that looks like this before, or 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 especially from a. Um not only graphic design perspective but movement perspective mm-hmm. it's a little bit stuttery but never to the point of um, you know discomfort or whatever it's something that's uh, it's a it's a movement style combined with uh, an art style well actually lots of art styles depending because every spider person that comes in from their own universe is drawn in a different way which is <laughs> which is which is a gimmick that seems so like oh of course but I can't remember a thing like that mm. uh, done before um and and it the the style of this film actually is so distinct um that Sony is trying to patent it really yeah they're trying to patent the color shading, the type of basically like whatever they did to make it look like the the dot shading or or hatch lines half or tone. Half, uh, tone half, tone. half tone. Thank you. Um, they're trying in the motion that they're doing. They're trying to patent the style. I don't know <laughs> if that's gonna fly. I don't know if that should be the, done.
1: The, the legal brain in me goes, "That's not possible." Right. But, well, but, but but maybe there's some little tiny sliver of it that can be patented.
0: Look, it, it, it's funny because again, every every praise I sing about this movie, I'm going to go back with. But Sony's kind of probably doing a dick. Thing. Thing with like, right. I, I don't trust Sony <laughs> anymore. <laughs> right, and so the back the
1: backstory of the Sony issue here is that Sony, uh, and this is again uh, outlined in that book, the the big picture which came out this year. I can't remember the author's name, Fritz or something like that. Uh, which which outlines how the fact that uh, under Amy Pascal's rule at Sony Pictures, uh, Sony. Uh, basically owned the one piece of Marvel uh, that had made them a lot of money. Yep. In fact, you know, Spider-Man basically you know propped up Sony for many years, uh, to the point where she could make like her Adam, you know, like her little uh, indulgence projects uh, because of that. Yeah. Um, but the you know Marvel basically took a, a major foothold in that industry and 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 cro- propped up their C-list characters, you know, like Iron Man. Uh, into the into the A-list world of movie making, into big budget uh, blockbusters, and Sony were left kind of holding the bag with this one piece that they wanted to cling on to, yeah. and didn't want to sell the rights to, and you know have tried desperately to to reinvigorate as you've seen with the the reboot, the Amazing Spider-Man, um, and then now the Venom, uh, you know the, the the basically the offshoot. Then they tried for a long time to get a Sinister Six movie made uh, with Drew uh, Goddard, yeah. Um, so, you know, Sony have, you know, this is basically, Sony went, you know, if you think about the late, the early 2000s, Sony was the behemoth, and Marvel was the, you know, was David. Yeah. You know, David and Goliath. And somehow, you know, David is now
0: Goliath, and Sony is now David. Right. and But also, and I, you know, I will give Sony a lot of shade when it comes to this, this entire conversation we're going to have, but, uh, you know, I can also say that marvel would not be where it is had those raimi films not done as well as they did because basically sony bought spider-man f- the rights from like marvel used to just sell its rights just, just, all just the, the damn map. time that because book is am- you should read that book yeah, about yeah. how the how
1: those rights ended up there
0: but like it's so like they wouldn't have had the cash to keep their doors open let yeah. alone make a film company yeah. had Sony not bought and used uh for the first two Spider-Man films with Tobey Maguire and Sam Raimi um had, you know done done good on them yeah um it's funny. It's, I, still,
1: I, it's still there. Uh, it's all three of those films are in the ton, twenty-five highest-grossing films.
0: Yeah, and I haven't wa- gone back and watched them in a long time. I've watched them a million times, obviously beforehand. Um, I have recently. Uh, have you? Yeah. Why, why, really?
1: Yeah, I did recently. Okay. Why? Why? Because they're all on
0: Netflix. Oh, interesting. And,
1: uh, and so I wanted to see because my here's my feeling on the original trilogy is. I l- really loved the first one. Mm-hmm. like when I saw that in the theater, I thought this was fantastic, a wonderful imagination, you know, imagining of that world uh, really well rendered. I didn't like the second one,
0: which is insane to me,
1: which is insane because everyone you know holds that one as the I think the, it's the best the the best. and I, I found it pretty boring. Um, and then I kind of just liked I enjoyed the third one just as a pure, uh, I didn't think it was a very good movie, but I kind of just
0: enjoyed the all these characters just coming together in this world. It's funny. When I first saw the third one, I, I, I intensely hated it uh, yeah. because I was looking for two again. I was yeah. looking for one again. I was looking for, like, let's take this, at yeah. least with some semblance of earnesty. I yeah. won't even call it seriousness. Earnesty? Like, like, er, like <laughs> no, was I just dealing, like the word. Earnesty yeah. uh, <laughs> goes to camp. Yeah, earnesty goes to jail. <laughs> earnesty yeah. scared stupid. Um, but three just... I mean you could you it's could not literally tell yeah. no one wanted to be there and I <laughs> and now watching that one again that's the one I've watched recently. Yeah. I actually like it because it's so bad. Like Yeah, it's just it's it's kind of just again
1: I just like it. But I actually think the uh the Thomas Hayden Church Sandman stuff is, is, act- is actually pretty good.
0: The 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 retcon of him killing Uncle Ben is stupid as it's fuck. It's really dumb. But uh yeah. yeah, whatever. That that reeked of studio note. <laughs> um but, so oh okay. wait, it was again. Oh, I was just going to
1: say, but this has also been a really interesting year for Spider-Man because one of the, and this is a topic that we cover a lot on this podcast, uh, is that Spider-Man I think as a property has
0: been reinvigorated because of the PlayStation game. Uh, it has been, mm-hmm. I-, I would argue that Spider-Man as a property has be- been reinvigorated by the MCU, Civil War, and Homecoming, and then due to mm-hmm. basically that, due to Civil War kind of knocking him back into the mainstream, uh, mainstream mm-hmm. visual, I'll say, because he's never gone away, he's always been the biggest seller for... The comics. Right. Um, Spider Man PS4 by Insomniac Games has been in development for around four years, uh, right around the time that Civil War popped off. Right. Um, in that game, I-, I was starting to play the DLC last night. I came home from Into the Spider Verse, di- finished my work, and then I was like, I need to be Spider Man now. Right. Uh, and actually, funnily, you know, this is all tying together. Uh, super nerdy episode, no apologies. Uh, uh, they just released the Tobey Maguire suit. Uh, into Spider-Man PS4 that you just get for free. So I put on the Tobey Maguire suit and I started the Black Cat DLC yeah. and we were fighting around in a museum and it's <laughs> and it's amazing that that game feels so good doing the same shit over and over and over and over and over again.
1: I mean, the, the Spider-Man game on the PS2 uh, yep. was a wonderful game, not because it's a great game, but because they got the mechanics of swinging so right that I just
0: wanted to play just to do that. Exactly. And, yeah. and catch balloons. <laughs> yeah. All you want to do is save that kid's balloon. Um... Uh, <laughs> Shout out to the GameCube. <laughs> um, so, so yes, th- there's lots of aspects that have made into the Spider Verse uh, a, a sellable property, I guess, or a pitchable property that got it to the point of excellence that I think it got to. Shahir, first impressions, I guess. I mean, I, look, we we all of us who who uh, talk with you or or th- listen to this podcast know your overall feelings on 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 all of this type of stuff and it's not always negative of course. but you take a critical eye uh, to you you in 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 comic book film, mm. you dodge the fanboyness as if you have a spider sense <laughs> for it. And you you leap out of the way and try to hit it with with some actual film critique truth. So, <laughs> what 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 do you think uh, going into this thing?
1: Hated it. I think it's the worst movie I've seen this year. Tight. Uh, really bad. It was awful. Um, and I think anyone who likes it's an idiot. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I was like I was expecting us to fight during this, but I I do I really enjoyed the film. I think it's I think it's wonderful. Um, and uh, the the the. The thing here that you kind of mentioned in your in your opening about this is that um, you said despite that it's a comic book movie and despite that it's a car animated movie, I I think my thing about comic book movies has always been um, don't care that it's a comic book movie, don't care that it comes from a comic book property, don't care that it's an animated film. Is it a good movie? And my issue has always been, you know, I. A lot of times, I don't. It's hard for me to gauge those films as they stand on their own because I don't think that they're great movies necessarily. Sometimes I think we've be, I've been surprised by things like Thor Ragnarok and Spider-Man: Homecoming, which are movies that I really like. Right. Um. Uh, but this was. Uh, this was a wonderful experience at the movies. Um. And what I loved about it is that it actually tied into a, a bunch of critiques that I had of things that we've talked about in the past on this podcast. Okay. So the first one was that um, while I enjoyed Spider-Man Homecoming, I thought it was really sharply made, really fun, really uh, fun addition to the Avengers universe, you know, like small scale. Gotcha. Uh, it's ha- I think has still has one of my favorite moments I've seen in a Marvel movie um, in recent memory. Which, which is? It's a big spoiler, so I don't want to, for anyone who hasn't seen it, I don't want to reveal it.
0: Oh, I know movie. you're talking about. You're yeah. talking about the door it's, open. Uh that's not how I would describe it
1: but uh oh. uh it's a big spoiler okay. so I don't, don't want to say it, but it has one, it has one of my favorite mo- uh, moments in a in a Spider-Man movie. But I think I said on that podcast the thing that the my biggest critique of Spider-Man in the MCU was this need to redo the Peter Parker story. I was like why are we doing this again? We've done it three times in a row. Yeah. And I don't think we're getting anything out of this a third time now. And and I was just like let's just move on to Miles Morales. We have the opportunity to do that now. And there's something about redoing the Peter Parker story so many times, you know, like in such recent memory. Yeah. Uh, like I, I can understand if it was like it's kind of like the Batman syndrome where they did it in the '90s and now they're doing it in the late 2010s. There's like a 30-year gap, but it's not that. It's it's like we get you know the amazing spider is we got to redo it right now. Yeah, which uh, was the dumbest. Yeah, the yeah. Dumbest so is. so I that was my biggest critique, and that ties into an, another episode we did on can Batman be black? Yes. Um, and so I think the tricky thing that I was thinking a lot about during this movie, um, is the way in which Miles Morales' story uh, is influenced by the history of Spider-Man in order to give him, yep. I, I guess, legitimacy in some way. And, and you know, like, well, you could read it that way. You know, like, basically, you know, the question has to be asked is, like, why can't Miles Morales just be Spider-Man? Like, why doesn't, you know, why do we need all, you know, basically Peter Parker to hand off Spider-Man to him? Right. And, I, I you know, I was sort of weary of, of interpreting in that way. But I—the thing is—is is the script is so smart. The script is um, so well written um, and and so tightly constructed around the notion that that this is still a Miles Morales story, but it has a unique interpretation of how all the history of Spider-Man. Feeds into the story.
0: It's a mythos, yeah. um, and, and and it's the same. You could you can t- it's 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 honestly the same way we've taken myth throughout our entire existence as humans, yeah. and repackaged it to be either the hero's journey or a specific kind of tragedy. It's all the same stuff. We're still like Miles's story. I guess this is light spoilers for Miles's story, and I won't go into specifics quite yet. But like, okay, so Peter Parker uh, loses his uncle Ben realizes he has to grow up and be an adult and, and have some responsibility, and he's always hiding his identity from his aunt. Those are sort of like the, yeah. the three things that no matter what, we always come back to. Every iteration of Spider-Man, uh, be it in this movie, into the Spider-Verse, including Miles Morales, or uh, throughout every sort of version in the comics or other things that we've seen, has an element of losing a loved one and having to hide uh, what you're doing to protect those that you love right and and how how difficult it would be in a sort of a real life situation real life um to to do something like that yeah uh miles has a different character he's trying to hide this from his father he has a different loss which we'll get into in a little bit it, but it's all it's still the same building blocks to this mythology and that that no matter what and, and 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 some stuff that it gets to near the end of the film was sort of like the meaning of what i think it all is trying to say Lends itself to being like, yes, Miles Morales is Spider Man because Miles Morales has gone through the trials that make you Spider Man.
1: Yeah, and and I think the the interesting thing here is that the fear of making Spider Man not Peter Parker. Right. Um, I think if you go back to the the can black Ma- Batman be <laughs> the black man? Black be, man black? be black. Can black man be bat? Um, <laughs> <laughs> man bat uh, episode. I think the thing I was getting at there is. Uh, or we were trying to sort of figure out was that there is an inherent racial component to a lot of these characters that that just doesn't seem to be overcome, and and I think the thing that's interesting here is the insecurity about making Spider-Man uh, an African uh, oh, no, ha- ha- yeah, ha- ha- American character. Oh, yeah, half African American or just basically changing up that configuration. Um, Oddly strengthens the original mythology. Like it, it, it doesn't take away from it at all. You know, like this fear. You know, like recently Doctor Who got recast as a woman. and yes. There's this entire insecurity about like Doctor Who should always be a man. Yada yada yada. Which is
0: the dumbest shit because Doctor mm. Who in its mythology is literally a body hopping thing. Anything,
1: right? And then, and then you know, they, there's always this conversation around James Bond, for example. You know, people want to see Idris Elba in that role, uh, but can Idris? You know, can an African American, even though English? Oh, not African American. Uh, uh, um, uh, an African English man. Yes, play James Bond because people believe that it's quintessentially white, and and the interesting thing is is in some way what this film kind of proves is that this strengthens the core mythology of what Spider Man is. M- you know, more so than. I think any of the films have done, other than the original uh, Tobey Maguire versions. You know, Right. Uh, this is about uh, an outsider kid coming to terms with dealing with their fear to do the right thing, and and that's, and and that is the core of what Spider Man is, and it's regardless of its identity, you know, of who's playing the character, and and I think you. Uh, the, the issue that you kind of have with the Peter Parker mythology is that you get into the sort of somewhat chosen one kind of idea. Yeah. And what this film is saying is, no, anyone can be Spider-Man, you know, given you have to be bitten by a radioactive spider. Yeah, happen. But, you know, but, but anyone can be bitten by a radioactive spider. And, the, and it's not the radioactive spider that makes you Spider-Man, because Miles Morales instantly gets all the powers. He just can't use them because he hasn't overcome his fear of being uh, a, a hero. And so I think that's a really powerful testament to what this film is meaning is about. Now, uh, aside from that, I think the, the art style is wonderful. I am the creative director of a, of a design company, so we think about art style a mm-hmm. lot. Um, it reminds me that that uh, Ang Lee was so ahead of his time with uh, his version of the Hulk, which basically tried to co-opt co- comic book framing it, uh, into a film, and was completely unsuccessful. And, right. But it, it, yeah, it, he, he 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 made the attempt. He made the. Att- I I think I you know it's odd because I still think about his version a lot, even though I don't think it's a very successful film. Um. But but this kind of co-ops that idea. Obviously, it's doing with animation, so it's different. But what I loved about the art style in this is that this leans into the idea that animation opens the infinite possibilities. Yeah. And most of the time, what we do as animators, as designers, is we try to create like a singular, grounded language for the thing we're doing and try to stay within it yeah. because we think that that will help the audience kind of accept the, the, the um, suspension of disbelief. And yeah. a lot
0: of times it does.
1: But what this film does is basically go, well we're in an animated world so we, we are open to infinite possibilities so let's explore all those infinite possibilities. Let's try different like hand-drawn styles mixed with 3D. Um, it, it explores the entire possibilities of what being in a digital world can do and it, and I think it's much stronger for that, and then the, the cherry on the top of all of that is that ties into what this film is trying to say Yeah. so that's why the style is so successful for
0: me uh, just real quick I want to jump back because we've referenced two of our old podcasts I think everyone should go check out because I think there's some of our better ones 110 <laughs> is our Spider-Man Homecoming one with uh, Bob Chipman aka Movie Bob friend of the show he's uh, amazing uh, and also uh, at 119 Can Batman Be Black with Damien Lemon hilarious stand-up and Carolina Ravassa voice of uh, Sombra on Overwatch and uh, a fantastic voice actor in whose, her own right and whose t-shirt you're wearing right I, now. I am actually wearing a hispanglo Saxon. <laughs> check out hispanglo-saxon uh, her web series she does a million different characters it is absolutely a delight Um it's a comfy shirt too. <laughs> normally, uh, I don't normally like buying branded merch, but I actually saw the ty- a the type of co- uh, cotton it was, and two uh, that it was a lot of it was given to charity uh, based on some schools. So uh, not that for be the a province. and b? You yeah, but think? I like doing I like switching it back and forth. <laughs> okay. Uh, again, Spider Verse. Yeah. Um. So. So in this particular uh, th- it, film. Uh, kind of going back into what it is, what it's doing, or more more aptly, how it's doing it. Uh, it's the perfect blend. It, it it's weird. Like the story itself lets you do all of the things you want to do, but have them mean something. Like right. because it's the Spider Verse, and and there's a multi dimensional machine that Kingpin is running. Uh, to uh, basically, I'm, I guess we'll start getting into spoilers. We're about halfway through. Um, yeah. it, the the conceit of the film is Kingpin is using Altimax Alchema- uh, or Alchemax? Alcamax, Alchemax, Alchemax. Yeah. Um, uh, to fund a, basically a, uh, a hydron collider, an interdimensional gateway to bring uh, back his... Uh, wife and son whom he lost uh, tragically because he was obsessed with killing (laughs) Spider-Man. So he wants to find another... I know. He (laughs) wants to try to find a version of them where they live, which, again, is not a smart thing, but Kingpin, uh, in this film too, is not exactly the smartest... He's also uh, the most oddly designed character. He is the most oddly designed character. He, was like, in, the, in the final sequence when he's in the subway. I was like, "Ooh, you're not getting through those doors, buddy." <laughs> yeah, and also there's a, there's a scene where he's webbed up and yeah. he just looks like a big splat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, I it's fun. I, I think yeah. it's it's a all, choice. Yeah, and I like, and, and I and I don't begrudge it. For uh, that. His head is also like two feet below his shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> which is it's it's like if penguin got real jacked. <laughs> um, but. But because of this, you know, tearing of realities, not only can we bring in all the different spider people, not only can we see the different mythologies sort of coming to light from various stories, but it also thematically and narratively allows you to do Easter eggs without just being annoying Easter eggs. Yeah, like be- because they're they're Easter eggs, they're there for the fan of a Spider Man thing, but at the same time, they have a thematic reason. For being there.
1: <laughs> now, give me an example of an Easter egg.
0: Right? Uh so let's see. The the different dimensions, and it's only seen ever so briefly. Yeah. Uh, on in Kingpin's machine when they're like going through and seeing what dimensions are opening up, etc., are the exact dimensions in the comic book um that the characters all actually come from. Okay. So like little things like that, for instance, like Earth, the, the standard Marvel timeline is on Earth 616. Okay. Um, the ultimate universe, I'm trying to remember, uh, is where Miles is technically from. Uh, which is uh, I think Earth sixteen ten. Okay. Uh, that that's, then uh, Spider Gwen's E thirteen. Uh, Penny Parker is from E one four five two one. Sorry, I just uh, I'm writing this down right now. Yeah, no, good, uh, good, good. Yeah, good. Uh, uh, Noir like, is from E nine zero two one four, and Spider Ham is 90214? from nine zero two one four. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yep, man, I know, so close, so close. Yeah, and then Spider Ham is E eight three one one. But like these are things that like don't matter to you. <laughs> they don't. And they don't matter to a lot of people. They kind of matter to me. Right. But they, I would not want them to sort of be ham-fisted into... Ham-fisted yeah. uh, into... How do they matter? Because it's it's the history of where they're, the story is coming from. How it's do they matter to this film? Because they're literally opening the gateways to these things that I know exist in other mediums. Right. Some of the comic books you actually get in the movie are from those dimensions. Right. Because Spider-Man's not always a comic book character. Right. Uh there's even uh at the end of the Spider-Man 1994 animated series the, there's a 5 season run yeah uh before they butchered it with unlimited yeah um Spider-Man actually goes through a dimensional portal and goes into the world where he's just a comic book character and okay. he meets Stan Lee and they have a th- like I don't know there's there's Spider-Man actually more than many comic book characters. Yeah, uh, you know, you could argue this with Kingdom Come and uh, all, all the DC stuff, but like as an individual, has the most timeline hopping right ness to him. So, so even that has a historical sense of where the character came from. Okay. Um, other sort of things. I mean, l- you know, small stuff like uh, the. You know, if you don't follow Spider Gwen, yeah, you wouldn't know some of these nice little things that they like hint at but don't show specifically, like that, um, uh, that the the relationship that she and Peter had before he then became the Lizard in that timeline, okay. and then uh, he she, she he died, and that was her tragedy. Like, there's 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 things in here that because the conceit is dimension jumping, yeah, all of these fun things from comic books and other medium. That they're like, no, this is all canon. Yeah. It's here and it makes narrative sense that it's here. It's not just like, hey, by the way, Stan Lee's over there, which it has that too. Yeah. But uh, I think the most impressive thing about all of that
1: is the way in which it draws that entire historical mythology into a new story, right? Yes. Like, this, this story, Into the Spider-Verse, has not been written in a comic book. It movie.
0: has, but very poorly. Right. Uh, it's, not, it's not nearly the same. Right. It's not focused on Miles. Yeah. And this is focused on Miles. And I think that the, the Into the Spider-Verse comics, um, I found didn't have, and a lot of the, sadly, a lot of the big Marvel crossover stuff in the comic books barely has emotional resonance mm-hmm. anymore. Um, because it's too big. They don't focus on one character or a, or a handful of characters. It's kind of everybody, right. Um and And here they found a good uh, a focal point, yeah. that I mean, that's the thing
1: is that you I, I think the thing that I was sort of uh, maybe being somewhat uh, dismissive of is there is that the mythology doesn't feel important to me because I think the story, the screenplay is so good. And making sure that this is Miles' story, and it's a, it comes back to that point that I was making earlier about how the trepidation I would have about that is the the sort of maybe desire to hand off um, Spider-Man to Miles from an, from the previous characters, but it doesn't actually feel like that. It feels like this is Miles' story. It just happens to coincide with this larger mythology, but it doesn't. Like for example. Older Peter Parker, played by Jake Johnson, who's a character I, I think
0: is really, really well done. I and, do too. I was I, worried when I, he was cast.
1: Yeah, and I was like, I loved what they did with Peter Parker in that, you know, in that scenes. I was worried that basically, it does that thing, which is that we're doing the new, you know, new character, but really it's through the eyes of this older character that you're familiar with. But it doesn't feel like that at all. It feels like Peter Parker is a secondary character in this film. He is there as a side character miles morales's journey yep. and the the journey with his family and his fear is is front and center in this film so i think the remarkable thing here is all of that mythology which you know i wouldn't have ever picked up as being accurate or from some other place right. is funneled into this world really seamlessly you know like it just feels so so Effortless, and that's one of these things that Phil Lord and Chris Miller are really good at. I, I, wait, I, there's one thing I want to point out, oh, here of course, is that, is that Phil Lord and Chris Miller did not direct the film. No, song. they wrote so, it, yeah. And I think it was only Phil Lord that wrote it. Um, I know everyone's going to kind of brand it as them, just like Tim Burton was branded as the the name behind The Nightmare Before Christmas, right? All right, uh, but I just want to you know, like it's uh, Bob Praschetti, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rothman three directors, yeah, three directors who directed this, um, who are part of the Lord and Miller. Universe, uh, you know, uh, of filmmaker, uh, you know th- that whole production thing. Yeah, uh, but I really, you know, like it'll. I know this will easily get branded as the Lord and because the they're the biggest names attached to it. Sure, but they're they're not the only piece here. Makes me wonder though. I, I'm really I. What would have happened if they had been able to like really take the helm of Solo?
0: Oh, it would have been amazing. Yeah, it's, there's it's... there's literally no question that Solo would have been amazing it just wouldn't have fit the mold that disney wanted isn't that isn't that sort of a
1: testament because this is basically taking an existing property and revamping it and giving you something fresh and new and yeah. and giving it more of, and is more true to the to the origin of that character
0: yep um, but if you don't trust your filmmaker, but it's the perfect it's the perfect storm of <laughs> of big b- corporate shit, right? Because okay, Last Jedi came out, and that was something where I feel like they gave it to a, a director that they yeah. let do choices that they're gonna retcon anyway because <laughs> they're scared. Um, and then there was uh, a mixed review, which may or may not have been Russian trolls. Uh, yeah. And then uh, then they're like, oh fuck, and they realize how far off the deep end Solo had gone, even though it probably would have been amazing. Though <laughs> that I'm gonna now devil's advocate myself. It's so easy to say, like, oh, that thing that didn't happen was gonna be great because we can't judge it. Yeah. Um. But then they watered down what they did, and they played the safe bet, and then they kind of got they paid for that a little bit too. Not that it didn't make money.
1: Yeah. But I I think Lord and Miller. Uh. Again, I'm I'm just gonna use their names, but like again, what they did with uh, the Lego movie, what they did with Twenty One Jump Street. Uh, and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, I think just demonstrates that these are two people that you should trust. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like you should just have faith that they know what they're doing kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the, the interesting thing here is that the, the film kind of also gets into this notion that Spider-Man is for everyone.
0: And yes. you know it's uni- it's universal, and that's why you, you know I think it your 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 fear was abated of the you know here is Peter Parker passing the mantle to yeah. Miles Morales that doesn't happen because the central conceit is yeah. Anybody can be Spider-Man. And in all these multi-universes,
1: everyone hasn't interacted with each other, and they have their own stories that feel rich and true yeah. to who that person is. And I think that that opens up the Spider-Man mythology in a way that I don't feel... You know it's odd because I think the the, the uh, I've been reading a lot about political correctness, identity politics and 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 that sort of thing this week. and the 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 sort of conservative argument against those is that they they diminish the the ostensible value of something by opening it up to everyone, right? like it's it's this idea that, you know, like like political correctness is basically the notion I can't say this thing that I used to say and therefore you diminish my ability to have an argument, right? but the the actual liberal, counterpoint to that is is by opening it up and being inclusive and like identifying how everybody operates in this you get to a truer and richer sense of what the argument is actually about and it's the same with this is that is that by opening this film up and saying Spider-Man is just not this one guy he can be everyone it is truer to what I think Stan Lee and Steven Ditko wanted to make Spider Man about. It you know, and the quote at the end of this film is anyone who offers to do the right thing is therefore the true superhero. Yeah. I think is truly reasonable in well, this film.
0: And that's the thing. You gotta look at Ditko and, and Lee when they when they came up with this, they're looking at this through their very white New Yorker lens. So yeah. they wrote what they knew. Yeah. And they had some progressive ideas in that, but they're still white New York straight guys. So like even the people who
1: created miles morales are not african american writers right um i don't know the actual i don't know that I, I i saw a picture i someone please correct me if i'm wrong there at onlymoviepodcast@gmail.com
0: yeah um but but you know you know what's interesting uh, that gets tricky i i, I and this will come up in our eventual art versus artist thing maybe yeah. but like here's the question if a if a character is written a certain race by a different race of character but The writer did the research, and you couldn't tell that the character was written by someone other. Like, does that is that okay? Is that appropriation? Is that
1: respectful? Is that I I think I think the key word is the last one you just said, which is as long as it's respectful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then and and acknowledge acknowledge the deficiencies in perspective that one person might have. Yeah, I think that is entirely. Uh, not only appropriate, but should be encouraged.
0: And then also there's the there's the discussion too. It's a bit of a microcosm mm-hmm. to that specific thing. Is like okay, but it'd it also be considered dismissive if I was like, well, okay one race of person writes that same race of person and then that is sort of seen as like the definitive version of that race of person when three other people of the same race could be like well actually that's not my experience so like there's yeah. there's microcosms even within that it's it kind of even goes back to what you were saying right like that when when you when you box something in yeah. and you keep putting more and more boxes into things, it it does sort of it's it's i guess i mean obviously i lean the, towards the more liberal uh, yeah. The yeah. leanings uh it, it can diminish um the the value i don't know i'm i'm getting lost the, in the weeds the, the
1: proposition here is is like the proposition of every superhero film is that is that doing good is righteous unto itself like right. people who do good or people who should attempt to do good because it's better for the world right that's the proposition of every superhero right, movie right, right. and and i think the what this film sees is that that proposition is strengthened by inclusiveness. You yes. know, it's it's, it's it's not diminished in any way. You know, the the Doctor Who haters who think Doctor Who can't be a woman or James Bond can't be black or, you know, Batman can't be black or anything like that think that, that they, you will diminish the mythology of that character. But that's not the case. It actually strengthens the mythology of that character and it moves it forward in a way. And I think that's what's so powerful and what's so resonant about this film is that, you know, like you now, uh, a young brown kid can look at the Spider-Man mythology and say that is my mythology. Yeah, you know what I mean, and and not feel excluded from that mythology, and feel that that mythology of trying to do good
0: and be brave and be heroic can be now my mythology as well. And also, uh, I will say that in 2018, with everything sort of going on as it is, um. Everything is not as cookie-cutter in in our stories as it once was. Let's look yeah. at the original Peter Parker again. It's two very... You know, he has the death of his parents, but he's taken in by two very supportive, loving yeah. aunt and uncle, and then there's tragedy with that uncle, and then yada, yada, yada. Yeah. The two major players, it seems, in Miles Morales' life are his father, who yeah. is a police officer, and his uncle, who, I- yeah. who we discover, and again, spoilers... An engineer, an engineer yeah. but is actually the supervillain, the Prowler. Yeah. And... That play, and even even before you realize that in this film, you see that the dad is very one way, and the uncle. I, I've dealt with this my entire life of sort of family members and whatnot. The uncle is like the cool one, but if you're younger, you just think it's cool. Yeah. If you're older, you're like, "There's something off here because they're not like like." Mm. My my point is this. His family dynamic is much more real to me than Peter Parker's family dynamic is because it's, it's filled with, with not just nice stuff. Yeah, it, and it's also
1: it's written so nuanced and performed so well. Yeah, you know, like it's uh, the the that opening sequence where uh, Peter Parker, oh, uh, look at what I just did. there. <laughs> Miles Morales um, uh, is taken to his private school by his dad uh, in a cop car. Who I, I've just I've been going through this experience with my son right now, which oh, is like yeah. you know like, and I'm doing this to my kid. I was like, you gotta say I love you back. You gotta say I love you. Like I want to hear it. Um, that is so charming, so endearing, and so real. Like wh- one of the things that the other thing that bugs me about superhero movies, and and one of the ones that I love is the the Nolan Batman. But I think does this problem, which is such a nail on the chalkboard thing, grating to mm-hmm. me, is that nobody talks like a real human being in in the Batman movies. For example, they all talk in like. Ideologies Platitudes. and philosophy, <laughs> and they're all just like you know, like hey, you've got to do this to become the bad. You must instill fear. It's not like, who I am underneath. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what I do. The difference. I was like, who talks like this in any context? <laughs> um, but but uh, what I love about this is like people have conversations in this movie, and they feel real and genuine. Like the conversations with Uncle Aaron, you know, like are about what you know it's about strengthening that relationship it's about these two people that are completely comfortable with each other the the fact you know like we see why miles goes to uncle aaron because he allows him to express himself through his art the yep. you know, the graffiti the tagging um
0: where his dad's yelling at him to take stickers off of yeah, signs
1: exactly and i just i i think that's all done so wonderfully in this film it's like it's so well executed and you know like to the point where that that whole thing about like it's a comic book movie it's an animated film none of that matters you know like if the writing is good and if the execution and the intent is good none of that stuff matters you know like if if superhero movies in my estimation were like this movie
0: yeah you know i there, there's no reason to box them off into superhero movies they're just movies you know sure well i i mean i i i've wavered back and forth on on the boxing versus the unboxing of that um <laughs> But no, this uh, and, and another thing we've talked a lot about the the art style in particular and the message behind the thing. But both of those things I don't think would be as resident if not for honestly one of the best voice casts I think really, uh, really that strong. I've yeah. I've seen in an animated film uh, this and year. Big,
1: big actors for like small parts. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, first of all, Miles Morales, Shamik Moore. Yeah, um, so good, so fucking good. Um, obviously, Jake Johnson. I love Jake Johnson. I remember that from the Jurassic World episodes um but the the when i heard he was going to be peter parker and before i knew it was kind of deadbeat peter parker yeah. i was like this is not correct because he <laughs> has a type yeah but then that's the type that it was and then it worked out he's pretty, uh, he's pretty much playing the character from the new girl right kind <laughs> Yeah. if 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 Nick from New Girl was Spider Man, yeah, and uh, let his life just slip down the toilet. Um, Haley Steinfeld, whom I worked with at the EMA, we right. did, we both did, it. yeah. Um, so that was interesting. That like that, she's having a big year, right? Yeah, Bumblebee. which is yeah, Bumblebee, <laughs> which apparently is getting good
1: reviews. Yeah, apparently, if you just make something that you know speaks to what Transformers speaks to, it's amazing. Who yeah. knew?
0: Um, who else? Oh, uh, Marshala Ali, Marshala Ali, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: amazing. Just. Uh, uh, Fucking killing it there. Also, uh, I fell in love with a very small twist in this film. It's from my quote in the beginning, and it's the reason why I did it. Um, uh, Valerie uh, Octavius. Right, right, right. uh, Played by uh, Catherine Hahn. Yeah. uh, Who... I did not see that coming. Yeah, and I've there. There have been female versions of Doctor Octopus throughout the thing, but like okay. I just didn't yeah. see it. In well, this, it's funny because Spider Man, all Peter
1: Parker says, "I should really examine my Egyptu- my biases."
0: My yeah, yeah. Biases. And he, like it's in his plan. It's mm-hmm. in his like. Okay, we're going through the plan. I'm gonna go through the yeah. window. I'm gonna head to the main scientist. That's not the main scientist, mm-hmm. Miles says. Oh, and well, then I've gotta check my biases, and then he mm-hmm. goes on to the rest of the plan. Yeah. And it's like that's so clever and so true and then you find out that this this crazy haired very well designed sort of scientist yeah. character is fucking Doc Ock yeah. and I was like I, I that was my jaw drop moment of the thing I'm like oh so there's even though I know a ton about this mythology I still can have did you see her in the trailer? no okay
1: because I, I think I watched the trailer. Maybe I'm mistaken, this. but I she's thought she's not in the me. trailer. Okay,
0: unless it was like a final trailer that I didn't watch or right, that right, came right. out after yeah. the fact. Uh, um, I, sorry, I just want to. And yeah. obviously, Nick Cage uh, was <laughs> was was phenomenal as as Spider-Man Noir, and John Mulaney as spider ham is is absolutely perfect. And and finally, um, uh, Chris Pine.
1: Oh, I was gonna say finally, the one that really stood out to me was uh, Brian uh, Brian Tyree Henry as Jefferson. Okay. As the dad. Now, the thing, the reason I think that's an amazing performance is that Brian Henry, who we saw in Widows earlier this year, uh, and is uh, is fantastic in Atlanta. always, to me plays like a younger voice, like okay. he feels like a younger guy, and in this film, his voice is. Heavy sit, deep, and feels very fatherly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just haven't heard him do that voice. You know, like or I, I, I still struggle connecting the image I have of him as an actor with that voice. Sure. So I just thought that was a really, really yeah. amazing choice, given that what I know of that guy or what I know of that actor is kind of like more like Jake Johnson. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, and he plays like an older, mature, hand-on-the-shoulder kind of
0: dad. That's a copy, uh, uh, which I really, really liked. Uh, the, I, I did also want to shout out to uh, Kimiko Glenn, who played Penny Parker, right. who like has uh, not not as much to do yeah. as feel like as I feel like Noir, Penny Parker, and Ham don't have a ton to do because they're kind of comic relief, but they yeah. all have moments in it. Um, and then like just mm-hmm. if you're looking at the voice cast, it's insane. Like the small part, so obviously Lily Tomlin. Lily mm-hmm. Tomlin plays Aunt May. Chris Pine mm. plays Peter Parker like the perfect one that dies. Yeah. Um uh, Liam uh, Liev Sh- uh, Schreiber plays Wilson Fisk. Um and then finally what was my- Oh Zoe Kravitz is Mary Jane. And yeah. you're like shit and she has like one like one scene or yeah. two scenes or something like oh, that. Oh and then Oscar, Oscar Isaac, Isaac yeah. plays uh Miguel uh Spider-Man 2099 at the Going end. Going back
1: to the history of this podcast. My man crush Oscar yeah. Isaac. And I was like and like when I When you heard him? It was funny. No, it was funny cuz I got to you know I stayed for the end credits obviously and I watched the in scene. Yeah. I, I didn't know that that was his voice. But when I we looked up the credits this morning I was like, "Oh, Oh, Oscar Isaac. <laughs> this is going to be so
0: embarrassing if I even meet the dude. No, it's going to be great. He's going to listen to all these episodes. Uh, so, the I mean, the amount of sheer talent, voice, art, uh, production, producing, I honestly think this is, weirdly enough, uh, we don't talk about producers a ton uh, yeah. on this podcast, and I think this is a film that could only exist through a really great producing team. Yeah. Um because there's so many so many This is there's so many hands you know, there's
1: so many cooks in the kitchen in this one. Yeah. But it, it still feels entirely seamless and 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 cohesive in a way that, that a lot of films with like singular auteurs or filmmakers don't, you know? Like so it's kind of it's kind of incredible.
0: Yeah. Uh the executive producer is Will uh Allegra, uh obviously the producer is uh, Avi Arad. Um And you know a couple here and there. I mean, there's. I'm looking at this list here, like Brian Michael Bendis, executive producer. So that actually has some credence to the Spider-Man stuff. Why? uh, Because he was a writer on it for literally ever. Okay. Um, ten years maybe. Okay. Um, But then you know, it's funny. You look at the list. I mean. Amy Pascal, she, yeah, well, yeah, well like, because but th- but those are people that are associated because they own the oh, property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm like, not sure how much they're involved. No, that's what I'm saying. But like, there's in this list of what looks like ten people, ten or eleven people that it says produced by on IMDb. Uh, I see three or four that like actually, I'm like, oh, these are trusted names in my Spider-Man media creation, right? right. And that's something that in Amazing, you know, you didn't have. Um, a lot of, or, or, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So I don't know. I think it's important, uh, to sort of throw that out because this is such a complex thing. Um, to have the emotional resonance, uh, it does requires a few steady hands that go beyond individual scene direction or art style or voice work and, um, editing's real tight as well. Uh, tight. Toy!
1: <laughs> toy, real tight, real lit. It's real it's lit. It's real lit. Now, now, can I talk about some, cri- some criticisms? Yeah,
0: well, we should, we should, yeah. because I have I have one or two as well.
1: Yeah, these, these are minor, um, but there's one thing about the art style. So again, I love the art style. I love the execution of the art style where we get these interspersed 2D drawings within 3D worlds where 2D elements are are integral to the 3D world yep. where it feels like an entire pastiche. You know, and again, what I love about that is like the the exploration of the language of of the design. You know, like, it's something... You know, if you watch, like, a Pixar movie, uh, even, like, The Incredibles, for example, which would be the closest analog of this, they establish, like, a real design world, and they stay within that world, you know, like, pretty locked yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, And what I love about this is that this this world seems open and, you know, open to interpretation. Um, so I love that. But there was a thing in my projection... And no, it's not in my projection because I've I've went and read about this later. Where they do this, one of the design choices that they make in this film is that they choose to do focus through anaglyphs. Um, in 3D world, that's basically the the splitting of red, green, and blue in order to create depth. Okay. Um, and in the screen, you know, when I was watching it, what they do in order to create depth is that they basically anaglyph the the backdrops. So it makes it. And if you're watching it without 3D glasses, it feels like an unresolved 3D experience. It looks experience. like bloom,
0: or well, what no, is it?
1: No. So so you know when you're watching 3D and you take the glasses off. Yeah. And basically the colors are split. Yeah. And when you put the glasses on, the colors come together. Uh, uh, that that's the, the the technique is called anag- anaglyphs. Okay. And and the way that this film uses creates depth cues. Is by crea- is by using anaglyphs. Now they make it as they do it as a sort of conscious style choice that fits in with like the the you might have seen anaglyphs in well not anaglyphs but but the the same technique repeated in comic books when comic books are misprinted. You know because comic books are printed by right, colors right 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 and when the paper gets misaligned you'll see like the little edge of red kind of like split off just so slightly and they kind of they use that because it fits into the world of comic books and you know design that's what you would see. But to me, when I was watching it, like for the first thirty minutes, I was like, I should go up and tell the projector. The <laughs> projectionist that they're playing us the three D version, not the two D version, because I don't want to see the three D version. So it's a choice. It's a choice that distracted me. I I don't think many people would notice. Nobody in my theater. I didn't.
0: Time. I didn't particularly. Um... But
1: it's just the kind of the way that you know, like normally a two D film would would do depth cues by by using focus. Right. You know, so like you would just throw something out of focus. And what this film does is it does that, but it also uh splits the splits the color wheel of things that are meant to be not in focus so i i didn't love that choice and just just from a pure sort of like usability kind of thing i i think it was kind of a, an interesting one and then this is the 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 most backhanded compliment uh i will give to this film which is that i just wanted to see more of it and and by that i mean like i felt this film this the, the thing about this movie is it is like you said really tight uh, it is really toit 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 toit, a- and it and it doesn't like it never overstays its welcome. It's really just moves at a blistering pace. One minute fifty seven, uh, one hour fifty seven. Yeah, one minute fifty seven. Jesus, yeah. Whoa. that's like the length of a trailer. Um, but but it never overstays its welcome. And the problem, the only issue I see with that is that some things do get shortchanged. And and I think in the case of this is uh, Fisk.
0: Yeah. Oh, he gets nothing.
1: Y- y- you know, like his he's got this sort of big emotional arc, and I was like. I was watching it going, I really get his story. and I really get what he's trying to do. And I like it's it's one of those good emotional beats where the villain is actually the good guy in his film. yeah like the good guy in his in his perspective. And I was watching it going, I think that would be an interesting idea of him like bringing back his kids and then realizing, oh his wife and his child. and then, having to deal with the consequences of them glyphing out or or glitching out or something like that and, and realizing the the errors of his ways. And I think there's an opportunity there um, that I would have just I, I think I could have seen more, you know, more of this movie. It could have been longer. Yeah. Um that you know like and that's a testament to how good the movie is. Um but but you know, but then uh, smartly as well. I think you know. Again, they sort of really orientate this film around Miles and make it a Miles story. Yes. And and Miles doesn't get shortchanged at all. Again, I could have seen more of Miles, but yeah, you know, more of his uh, of his journey. But you know, the movie is so snappy, gets out of the way really quickly that that you know that's my that's my biggest complaint. That and glyphing in the back, you know, anaglyphs yeah. in the background. If those are my only complaints,
0: you know, <laughs> I hear that, man. I mean, my mine was. Um... It took me a minute to sort of get uh, some stuff. I, I thought Fisk got shortchanged, and I could have liked a little bit of, of more of that. Uh, but also, I think the when Miles is first going through his transformative stuff, and he gets like the comic book stuck to him, you see his roommate reading the comic books and everything. I didn't realize, I, 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 it took me a minute to realize that those comics had sort of come through. Because because he sees the 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 Peter Parker going through the stuff, he's like, ah, oh, that's sticking to the thing. Let go, let go. Like that, like stuff in the comic book. Yeah. But people were not supposed to know who Peter Parker was, right? And then I was like, oh, it happens after the event. Like things have crossed over, etc. I thought that was again. This is my minorist gripe, but I was like, that doesn't quite match up. But yeah. sure, I like the moment, and therefore it's fine. Um, and then uh, I I. Again, every every choice that sort of happened, I was at the end okay with it. Like Norman Osborn dies. Green Goblin's dead. Right, right. right. And I was like, wow. He's also a monstrous figure in this film. Like, I know he's like he doesn't look like any Norman Osborn we've ever seen. I, well, in the, he looks like the ultimate one, right? Uh, he transforms into a giant, just yeah. demon monster. Yeah, um, and he's dead. And then they, you know, obviously, Peter Parker Prime or whatever is dead. Yeah, uh, and but then like I was like, wow, Kingpin killed them. I was like, okay. Yeah. And then because of Kingpin's story and the reason, like he back in the day he was fighting Spider-Man, and then he almost Kingpin almost killed Spider-Man. And then his family almost saw him murder a guy, and they ran. Away and got in a car accident. That makes sense why Fisk would just fucking kill him now, like in his weird, twisted way. Like so, like as the story was told, most every minor gripe I had was like, "Oh no, this makes total sense." Yeah, it's it's really
1: minor. I, you know, the other thing I was thinking about, um, and it was because I was I've been playing the game obviously, uh, and I really enjoy the game. I think the game has pro like does that sort of thing, which is that it
0: repeats action beats all the time oh yeah you know like but but it's still fun to play. it's incredibly repetitive but i don't mind something that's repetitive if it's fucking great yeah it's fun
1: and i really i do really enjoy it but i was listening to uh yahtzee on the escapist uh, oh yeah i I really like his reviews and he he's a good guy he pointed out one thing that i just uh, i think had been subconsciously you know aware of but not really was this idea that peter parker is always looking for father figures you know like he and he always finds the wrong father figure. You know, that's who Norman Osborn is to him. That who that's who Doc Ock is to him. And you know, Peter Parker's has major issues is that he needs to get over trying to search for a father figure. And this film, Miles Morales has uh, a father. Fi- you know, like he got he has basically essentially three father figures in here, and none of them are tragic. None of them none of them are are tragic father figures. They are all father figures who are trying to guide him towards being his own person. No that one prowler is, is a little. But, but Prowley even acknowledges, like, Prowley doesn't realize that he's doing that. And, right. And, and he acknowledges, I let you down, you know, like, and and I don't th- you know, but he's like, he wants Peter I Parker see what to, you're saying. To, to, to be, you know, the best he can be kind he of He wants thing. Miles and to be, yeah. Miles, my, Myle- I did it again. <laughs> Look at that. I got to check my biases. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I love that this film kind of does that. And I, I, I love the relationship between Jefferson and Miles, and I hope that that relationship doesn't sour and, you know, like... Go, you know, go the way of like Jefferson becoming a villain or something like that, or Jefferson I don't dying. Think, yeah, well,
0: well it, in a lot, some of the versions, his dad does die. I'm sure it does, you know, because that is good in the video game. Spoiler alert.
1: Oh yeah, it is true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but in this, it was so refreshing that it wasn't that. You know, like it was just this this loving father who is stern but wants his kid to succeed. I wish you know we'd seen more of the mother. I I love that Lily Tomlin's Aunt May, uh, is kind of like more of a Q figure to, to <laughs> yeah. you know like yeah yeah she's not just the sort of like maternal loving i'm there to like dust you off
0: and i love i love that when they show up she's like oh alternate dimension yeah yeah because she's she get, been through this she shit get,
1: she gets it all and she yeah she's cute you know like she yeah. goes down into the basement where all of the stuff is nick cage uh who is uh i nick the the mythology with nick cage is nick cage owns a spider-man one Yes. Uh, um, and he is like a, a hardcore comic book fan. Yep. And so like I just kind of like imagined him being like, oh, what do you guys want to do, man? And like, you know, and just being like, yeah, all right, yeah, right. I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. He you had know? such fun. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, the man changed his name to be after Luke Cage. Like there's right? like it's just he's that's who he is. And that's <laughs> it's such a great. Yeah. I love the Rubik's cube gag. Yeah, That's yeah. how I'm going to end my I final did. thoughts. Is the, the 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 black and white character yeah. is fascinated with the Rubik's cube. I don't understand this thing, but I'm going to take it. But I'm going to take it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's so good. It's a great film. I think everyone should go see it uh, in the theater. Everyone should go rent it or get it on VOD when it comes out. Uh, I'm gonna buy the Blu-ray because I'm a I'm a <laughs> I'm a physical media snob. Yeah, no, I I uh, I am too. Uh, I That's a film I'd also like to get in 4K if I ever get on that train. Right. It's um, difficult cuz we're we're in projector world right now and 4K
1: projectors are like nope. a difficult. No. But
0: but for instance like I did there are certain films that I think are visual feasts that I I am buying like the ultimate edition of to right. then have 4K when I eventually make the jump. <laughs> so you're buying 4K without having I have 3 4K discs right now. Can um, you
1: watch those in 2K? Like can you take the disc oh and up and down convert them No and just and just play it in your in your PS4 No right? no
0: it comes it comes with uh, different oh, versions. So like okay. I have the it comes with like the DVD the Blu-ray the 4K and the whatever like for what, like what 10 extra dollars Uh it was Infinity War Okay It was um oh, da, 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 what was the other visual Oh I think mother I have in yeah. 4K yeah. And uh maybe I only have two okay. I, This would be the th- I think I was thinking of this one being the third Right, right. because I I it, it, it's going to be great when I get
1: it uh, and oddly, you know my my criti- my thing about the the use of the three D cues. Yeah, I think this would be a good three D film.
0: I'm curious to see it in three D. If I if I, during the holidays, I, if me and my mom yeah, yeah. Uh, go out, she likes three D movies. Oh yeah. So um, I, I if she wants to see this, I'll go again in three D and I'll report back. You have to report back on your mom as well. The side side story yep. is I bought
1: your mom a gift because she was very kind. To oh me. yes, and that's I, right. I'm very I like. We need some reviews back from her. So long story short, is is I, uh, Matt's mom did me a favor. Uh, and and I wanted to repay her by buying her a movie that I thought she would like and so I I I did the uh, the Shahir algorithm on like what is a movie she likes we had like a a, a 30 page text yeah. conversation yeah I was like trying to figure out what what Matt's mom would like uh, and so maybe we'll fill this in on yeah. you, like what the movies were and what the choices were at some point. But I, I gotta I gotta hear back.
0: Yeah. Uh. But that, that's my final thoughts. I mean, I think everyone uh, probably knew where I was coming from with this. But I'm glad that that uh, my naked fanboyness didn't mm-hmm. have to even remotely be used yeah. because uh, it <laughs> is an honor. It, it is not only honoring everything that this film is about from a canonical or, or mythological sort of standpoint, but it also ties into a beautiful narrative about discovering your own self power, no matter who you are, and um, that you're not as alone as you think you are.
1: Yeah, and those are classic Spider Man stories. Yeah. It's, not, it's not doing anything new there, but it's basically rewrapping it yeah. in an interesting way. And again, just by making it, you know, like even mid and narratively inclusive, you know, like the the white character i hate framing it in terms of race because it's not about race no. it's about it's about opening the box to everyone about multiple types of you not know, even yeah, I mean, just multiple yeah. people can do the thing yeah yeah and and you know like basically opening up that world to everybody strengthens that mythology yeah uh in a wonderful way that i think you know it's sad that stan lee has passed away but i think stan lee uh if he would approve
0: i know? mean he definitely d- i mean he definitely knew this was coming yeah um
1: but i think he would you know like I think he would watch this in the theater and smile and be happy that that this is out there because I think it's... It does good for the world. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, this has been the only podcast about the film Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Shaheer, when you are not visually articulating mm. the word thwip as you <laughs> swing throughout New York City in the PS4 Spectacular Spider-Man, where can folks find you?
1: You can definitely see me overstuffed into a Spider-Man universe a la schlubby Peter Parker <laughs> at <laughs> <laughs> Matt, when you you are not viewing the world in all 4Ks, uh, when you don't even have uh, 4K eyes, uh, where can people find you thwipping uh, for the world? Uh, that I, I lost it at the it's end. It's okay.
0: <laughs> you can find me installing robot vision into my own skull at dot com for my life and works, or Skeletor, the number 4 P-R-E-Z on Instagram. Uh, also, extra credits still doing uh, a lot of good work over there. We've just started the saga of Sun Yat Sen over on Extra History. Who is the Chinese revolutionary dude? Had like thirteen failed revolutions before actually being the father of modern China. Uh, it's go. it's fascinating. Also, never our- give up on your dreams. I- <laughs> <laughs> That's a very Spider Man thing. Yeah. Also, Krampus or Krampus episode just came out. It's super fun. Um, yeah, so go check that out, extracredits.com And now we haven't made a decision on what our film for next week is going to
1: be Although I think we've got a bonus episode in the works so I won't We much won't do of... it, might spoil it we, we haven't made a decision on what, the, what next week's film is going to be But there are a lot of options out there What are they? Uh, there's Aquaman
0: Aquaman!
1: <laughs> uh, if Beale Street Could Talk if Beale Street Could <laughs> Talk, which I, you know, I, I think we're gonna do if Beale Street Could Talk anyway at some point. Okay. Um, and there is Mary Poppins Returns. Yep. Um. Oh God,
0: there's probably a few more. Aquaman. Ideas, uh, is is one of those movies that I want to see before I want to commit to reviewing.
1: Yeah, I. I'm like, I. I feel like I just want to watch it on on DVD when it comes out, on Blu-ray when it comes out, on like 4K I, when it yeah, comes I, out. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I want to. Like, here's the thing with DC. You fooled me more than twice now, yeah. and I'm like, I don't. If I just keep repaying you, I'm the idiot. You know You're what I not mean. Wrong. So uh, the other one is Bumblebee, which is the same thing. Which is I like, hear is great and is good things about. But like,
0: there's been three terrible ones. Yes, yeah, more than three at this point. There's been five. Well, the first one's good. Yeah, I did like. So first four one. terrible ones.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, okay, so we do that. Mary Queen of Scots. I'm really curious about Welcome to Marwin, the Robert's Makers. I song. am true, but I don't. I don't trust it.
0: Yeah, and the, we haven't done the favorite yet. I would love to do the favorite.
1: Yeah, the, so if you have an opinion about what we should be reviewing next week, please email us in at onlymoviepodcast at onlymoviepodcast.gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter. Maybe we'll do a Twitter poll or something
0: Maybe, like because actually we're going to have to view and record later in the week next week due to the holidays, so um, we have time to do that.
1: Yeah, so uh, let, let us know what, what burning thing you want us to see. Oh, Lee Chang Dong's burning. You yeah. still have to do that. See? So this so well, many
0: great. Th- this is why Aquaman is at the bottom of the Aquaman. pile. Aquaman! <laughs> yeah! Uh let's go talk to some fish. Anyway, we'll we'll no matter what we choose, we'll swing into your ear holes next week. Or swim.
1: <sighs> or swim. Let's
0: just. Post Malone, take us away! You're a sunflower! You're a sunflower!